0: What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Locked On Bucks. Another post-game episode after the Bucks just uh, dust off the magic again. And we're used to seeing this time after time. Uh, thankfully, they won't have to play Orlando again because these matchups, I think if they had to play six times, it might turn into an absolute brawl. You can see the man next to me, Mitchell Maurer hasn't been on YouTube before. Uh, he's been on the audio version of this podcast many times. We're going to break down the game with Orlando more health and safety protocol stuff. We can't have an episode without bringing it up. Uh, then we might just discuss some stuff from this year because it is the last podcast of 2021. Uh, so we're going to have some fun. Uh, let's get into it. Max him down. Giannis into the lane.
1: Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Down. Oh!
0: host Kane Pittman. You can see and hear me on this show daily and find my work over at uh, ESPN. And joining me, as he as I mentioned, he hasn't for a little while here, Mitchell Maurer, a familiar voice though, and you know his name from Twitter and also from uh, brewhoop.com where Frank uh, first became a famous uh, Twitter member in uh, among Bucks fans for sure. But today's episode is brought to you by Price Picks. Check out pricepicks.com and use the promo code NBA or go to your app store and download the app today. Price picks is daily fantasy made easy. We'll get into that a little bit later. And we thank you for making Locked on Bucks your first listen of every single day. Uh, I mentioned it the other day, but uh, we had a couple of days off here. It's just chaos, chaos in the world right now, Mitchell. And I wasn't able to get to a podcast. People are asking, where's the pod? I'm waking up. Where's the post game? So we're back here with post game Locked on Bucks. Uh, Milwaukee put up 136 points. Against, uh, I I don't know, it's the Orlando Magic, but I don't know who's playing. I don't know half of these players on the uh, Orlando roster here. But first and foremost, how are you doing, man? It's been a while. And welcome to YouTube.
1: No, I'm doing great. Thanks again for having me. Um, I personally wish I'd stayed on the audio-only version, but that's just because I don't have... (laughs) Me too. this 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 is my workspace because I'm still working from home because of the pandemic that's still going on. And this is it. This is this is all the background that I get. It's just these these glass doors and this blank wall. I don't have the the setup behind me um, the way that you do or the way that I know that Frank does. Um, I need to I need to up, upscale a little bit over here just to get something for when this happens if this will ever happen again.
0: Well, uh, well, it depends on your performance ultimately. But uh, we'll uh, <laughs> I, I did, and it was late notice we should say as well. Frank is driving back to Wisconsin. Uh, So he tells me I'm a little bit suspicious that uh, he just couldn't be bothered watching the Bucks play the Orlando Magic again. Um, But I know he listens to the podcast, so he'll definitely call me out about that uh, when he's (laughs) back in the new year. But I mentioned at 136 to 118, uh, miraculously, the Milwaukee Bucks now at 24 and 13 on the season. I just read this stat on Twitter at this stage last year or in the similar points in the season last year, Um, obviously uh, there was a different start date, but last year they were 23 and 14. This year they're 24 and 13. I don't know how it's possible that this team could have a better record than last (laughs) year's team when you consider everything they've had to go through. Uh, Maybe they have been benefited by a little bit of an easier schedule and also the fact that every other team is decimated as well. Uh, But... Nonetheless, it's remarkable to see that they're twenty-four and thirteen, and they've been able to figure this out after a six and eight start.
1: Well, you also you think back to how long that this core group has been together, um, even before the additions that kind of helped put them over the hump last year when they won the championship. That continuity has really paid off when it comes to you know your main drivers like Giannis and Chris and you know Pat Connaughton uh, being available, being able to do what they do, and then all the pieces kind of working around them. Um, they they they've got a system and it works well in the last year there was a lot of strife let's say because the record was suffering as they were actively experimenting and using the regular season as a lab um they're probably not doing that as much this year intentionally any experimentation they're doing is out of necessity because like you mentioned they've gone through long stretches while, with while they're missing some of their main guys just like every other team in almost every other team in the league um, but when you have players of the caliber of Giannis de Kumbo who put up 33, 12, and five tonight, and you know that's that's a, that's a meh night for him, which we really need to get away from doing because even though it happens so often that he has these monster stat lines and these dominant performances, we just we keep taking it for granted. But he's the engine that moves this team forward and keeps them on the right side of the win loss column even on these late December matchups against the uh, lowly Orlando Magic, who were, had, what, like maybe five or six of their regular players available tonight. It's it's madness out there.
0: I saw a tweet, and this is completely off the top of my head, and I was half asleep as I was scrolling through Twitter when I first woke up. So if this isn't 100% accurate, then um, I'm taking no responsibility for what I'm about to say. But I did read uh, a tweet or a table, a stat, whatever you want to call it, that said, that minutes played by replacement players or hardship players so far this season. I think Orlando. This was prior tonight. Was at around 500 minutes, and the team in second was, I think it was the the Lakers, and they were at like 244. So like double uh, what any other nice. team has. I mean, it's just insane. And this Orlando team wasn't all that competitive uh, to start with. Anyway, but Giannis didn't even get to 31 minutes tonight. Uh, so 30 minutes, 55 seconds. He did look pretty winded. And I think part of the reason why he looked winded at the end of the game was because he was hell-bent on, again, destroying anyone in his sight. And it all starts with Mo Wagner, who is just... Uh, a, a... As well, he should be. Well, I, I think you're right. I mean, he he has pissed off uh, Giannis just to, for a lifetime uh, of matchups that they play. Giannis is going to want to kill him. But I do want to discuss, and we kind of went moved into this a little bit on the podcast with Camille yesterday. But we were DMing during the game with Eric and Frank and Dean as we do. And I said, you know, Boogie is, is right on the edge here. And Mo Wagner is here. And and maybe part of me thought, this might actually be a bit of a relief for me that Boogie's out there. Because Boogie's going to take all his anger out on Mo Wagner rather than Giannis. Giannis came out in the fourth quarter. Still wanted to kill this man um, with basketball <laughs> moves, I should say. Uh, but Boogie Cousins
1: uh, was a little—I wasn't
0: 100% certain. I thought uh, he he might lose the plot a little bit there. He did pick up a tech, uh, but uh, this guy is just annoying, and he has a, got this whole Bucks roster pissed off.
1: No, it's, he resorts to all these antics that it's the sort of thing where it's not necessarily against the rules to you know throw yourself on the ground and become a tripping hazard. When somebody is, you know, driving the ball towards you and you're not strong enough to hold your own ground because you're, you're, you're just not that guy or to, you know, just let, let your elbow fly out a little bit further or just all these little things that he does to needle the opposition and get them to their skin, which there's a certain element of gamesmanship to that. Like you, if, if you get your opponent off their game because you're being the literal worst, okay. Like you might be able to win a game or two that way. You don't win respect that way, but if that's not what he's after, then I guess it doesn't matter to him. Uh, but no, Mo Wagner is the absolute worst. Uh, I'm sure that if he ever ended up in Milwaukee uniform, we would do an about face and try to find the good parts about what his his game offers. Uh, I think it would. I can't think of anybody where it would be harder to uh, enter into that level of self delusion. To like turn it all the way around and actually start pulling for him, like like somebody like Marcus Smart, I could get behind Marcus Smart if he ever somehow ended up in Milwaukee. Like that, he does a lot of useful things, like especially if he's improved as a playmaker and is you know not a woeful shooter anymore. Like you could, there's stuff to like there. Um, I struggle to think of any redeeming qualities of Mo Wagner, and uh, yeah, just if if John Horst happens to be listening, just don't ever fall for it if it ever comes up. Just don't do it. It's not worth
0: it. I don't think that Giannis, I mean, you mentioned, obviously, Marcus Smart, but I don't think Giannis would ever allow it to happen, first of all. That's uh, a good point. I don't uh, think that he's ever coming to Milwaukee as long as Giannis is here, and I think we're all uh, totally fine with that. Uh, the Bucs just continue. Maybe that's why
1: he's so mad at the Bucs, and maybe that's why he does the things that he does. Maybe maybe it's not out of gamesmanship or trying to get it. Maybe it's just hurting. We never thought of that. I, well, I can't.
0: I can't really say that I've watched the magic at all outside of these games, so I'm not sure. I'm not sure if that's the case. Uh, one other thing I will mention, though, uh, Cole Anthony's pretty uh, active on the sidelines, isn't he? I, I mm-hmm. actually, I don't mind. I mean, obviously, everyone loves it when the bench is engaged and into it. And uh, honestly, it seemed like Chris Milton and the Bucks players were kind of laughing at him as well. So there wasn't anything. There wasn't anything. I don't think malicious or anything, but he was talking a little bit of trash and it's just very noticeable for a guy that's out. I think he's out with a foot or an ankle injury. He was really up and down the sidelines all night sure. long. It's just just interesting to see.
1: Maybe, maybe it's a part of his rehab. Maybe he's you know, just testing it out while he's not on the active roster. That's fine. Uh, a line that uh, that I pulled from uh, Seth Partnow's book that I put a review up on BrewHoop yesterday for, excellent book. You should definitely check it out when you can. Uh, but a line that applies to that, is don't ever mistake activity for achievement. So <laughs> yeah take that, that with how you will call Anthony.
0: That's true and by the way uh, that book is still on the on a boat I think out to Australia so it'll get out here at some point I ordered it a, a long time ago but we'll see. But uh, we already mentioned Boogie Cousins there was a number of contributors off the bench uh, for the bucks in this one and you've been hearing me tell you about price picks for months and this is where it comes in because if you haven't signed up price picks is daily fantasy made easy. And if you've not checked it out, you've been missing out. I'm telling you, you're going to love this app for NBA and mixed spots pickems. Uh, we, as we move into the new year, there's plenty of games to get involved with. Prize Picks has the best NBA DFS prop game on the market. It offers more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator, and offers all the superstar players as well as the bench players, like your Wes Matthews, like your DeMarcus Cousins. Uh, that don't even record you know, spot minutes here and there, 10 to 15 minutes, but uh, pick up those stats. You can check out those props with those guys, which makes it a little bit fun, particularly when you're dealing with a deep team like the Milwaukee Bucks. So all the users that deposit and use uh, the promo code NBA will receive a 100% instant deposit match up to 100 bucks. Uh, Price Picks also allows mixed sport entry. So whether it's uh, you want to combine some Packers stuff and some Buck stuff, uh, you can ac- absolutely do that. Uh, entries can may, be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Price Picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals. Just go to pricepicks.com today and use the promo code MBA or go to your app store and download the app. Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. If you're not playing Price Picks, you honestly don't know what you mean. All right, we'll talk about the Locked On Now podcast as well as we keep it rolling here. And you'll see me do these little clips. If you follow me on Twitter, I'll do those little two-minute videos after the games. Uh, If you wake up in the morning, after you listen to Locked On Bucks, if you want to just get a quick recap from every Locked On podcast around the league, they put it into one podcast, so you can check that out. Uh, That's the Locked On Now podcast. But speaking of Boogie Cousins, let's keep it rolling with him. Uh, He's been a feature of Conversation the last uh, few weeks for obvious reasons, and we've spoke about the date that's coming up, this January 7th deadline. I honestly am at the point where I find it hard to believe that they're not going to retain his services moving forward. Yet another 15 points tonight, 13 points in the third quarter, and I get it. There's always people that are quick to say, well, they're playing the magic. Who cares? Well, I, I, what he can't do anything else. He can play really poorly against those Orlando Magic, though, and then you'll be quick to say that he's playing like shit. Uh, But if he's playing well against the Magic and he has a 13-point quarter, I think it's noteworthy. And I think the interesting thing tonight, and Zora Stevenson asked him after the game and said you were looking athletic out there, he started cracking up laughing. He said, I'm not used to being saying that I looked athletic. But Mo Wagner, again, (laughs) this is not the Mo Wagner podcast. It's a Bucks podcast. Looked on Bucks podcast. But we have to keep bringing him up. I think he got him so pissed off. That he found a bit of extra spring in those legs he had the putback dunk he had that spin and one-handed dunk which actually didn't count because he was fouled beforehand he had the big block he was looking really agile perhaps more agile than i thought was capable
1: yeah there's a lot to like about what cousins showed this evening uh, especially if he is going to be content in a lesser role once brooke lopez does eventually come back Um, Because, yes, it is a December game against the Magic. It's not going to be the same as an April or May game against the Sixers or the Nets or some other Eastern Conference team in the playoffs. Um, But that extra level of agility that he had when he was younger and that he had seemingly lost for a while because of the injuries and the fact that he's a little bit older, uh, it's a sign that he's really rounding into shape. Uh, and getting to the point where he is going to be productive and able to do the things that he's certainly talented enough to do, he's skilled enough to do, whether his body is capable of putting him in those spots to actually do it is what he's been struggling with. Um, and, you know, speaking of spots, the fact he did pull in or did put up five fouls in his 16 minutes of action, which has been a normal theme of his time with the Bucks um it's not like he doesn't know what he's doing like he's a smart guy he's a smart defender like great defender but he's a smart defender like he knows where he's supposed to be he just doesn't get there where you know as quickly as he probably would expect to do he's got a you know a long wingspan he's got a ton of strength but he just he fouls way too much he fouls way too much and that's going to be the big thing that keeps him in a, a deep reserve role once brooke lopez comes back but for now you know, when your only real bigs alongside Giannis are Boogie and Bobby Portis, who's also having a great year, like you, you kind of take the good with the bad and the fact that he is able to produce that many points in limited playing time and, you know, kind of add that element of, I guess, heft is really the best way to put it. Like like Giannis is a physical force, but he doesn't have the same kind of heft that somebody like Brooke has uh, or somebody like DeMarcus Cousins has. And that there is value. To that, maybe not a ton, but it's definitely something. Uh, personally, I would love to see him stay through the end of the year. I think he's more than proven that he can handle it, uh, as long as he fits in with the locker room, which we have no reason to believe that he doesn't, and he's willing to accept a lesser role, which I would imagine they've already talked to him about. Like it, it should be a great opportunity for him to help support the team through what hopefully will end up being a repeat run.
0: Again, I'm terrible at remembering who tweeted these things, but again, I saw a tweet a couple of days ago that basically said something along the lines of boogie cousins fouls on every single defensive play it's just a matter of whether or not the official blows the whistle and it's kind of the reverse of Giannis in the offensive end he gets fouled on every play um is he going to get to the free throw line on every play uh, i'm not sure but uh, but I, I, there was a, a stretch in the game tonight, and again, it's it's the magic. But you talk about that size, where he had a couple of and ones, and I was like, well, you know, he doesn't bring defensively what Brooke does, which is why brooke has been so important to this team. But he does give the team this sort of uh, this this post presence if they wanted to go down that path, where he can he can get to the free throw line, he can score down low. We know he's still super skillful. Um, we'll see. I mean, plenty of question marks there, but it is fun. When he plays really well and he's enjoying himself, it's fun to watch. Uh, one guy, one question that I did have, and he, this man continues to be a flamethrower since he came to Milwaukee. It's the other player that the Bucks have recently signed, Wesley Matthews, keeps knocking down those threes. Um, we know that uh, you know his grandma passed away last week. Uh, he's spoken a lot about that, and that's been inspiring him. And I tell you what, he's been knocking down the threes uh, since since that that first night where he had a real breakout performance offensively when he came back uh, from the health and safety protocols. But he seems to be, and it shouldn't be a great surprise. I mean, he spoke that he didn't exactly enjoy his time with LA, but he does just seem to be, I don't know, it might be just me like looking for something that's not really there, but he looks like he's just having more fun than I remember him having his first time around. And I don't know whether that's the fact leaving the team then coming back with so many familiar faces, he obviously gets along well with these guys. I don't Mm -hmm. know. I don't know what it is, but he looks really relaxed. He looks like he's having fun. And again, he's another guy that I wasn't sure when they signed him, but I can't really see them letting this guy go
1: no i i agree if if it somehow came down to either wes or boogie and i have a lot I, i'm a longtime boogie cousins fan but i would actually rather them keep wes if they had to choose between the two that's only because taking... you live
0: in sacramento now and you're trying to stick up for king's fans who might be still a little salty i don't know i don't know if king's fans
1: love or hate boogie by the way probably love i, I have no reason to believe that they don't still hold a lot of affection for him um i mean think about it from the sacramento point of view like he's been their most relevant player that's actually meant something since what the early 2000s so i'm sure he has a lot of goodwill in the city um and and yeah i've only been here for a few months so i do (laughs) want to appreciate myself to the locals but wes matthews has even though he you know he's definitely older he was already old when he joined the bus the first time around uh, and he is definitely older now but the environment that he's in now the role that he's playing that he's more than capable of doing. Uh, And the fact that he does have kind of a similar level of strength as a perimeter player, um, it's it's a similar dynamic, not to the same extent, of course, but similar dynamic as PJ Tucker in terms of Wes's ability to body up guys on the outside and be quick enough to still stick with them. Uh, He's able to guard up positions a lot more than some of the other Bucks players. Like, you know, George Hill does a great job of guarding up, but he doesn't have that same sort of, of bulk behind him that West has, but he's shooting 48% from deep so far. It's only been nine games. So it's a very small sample size. That's by far a high for him across his career. It's the you know, highest since it was his most recent high was back in, uh, 18, 19, but this time between Indy, the Knicks and the Mavericks. Uh, so, you know, he's bouncing around and, you know, and after that is when he ended up with Milwaukee, um, he knows his role. He does have all those familiar faces. He, like any perimeter player that is a 3-and-D player, gets a ton of open looks playing with Giannis Kumbo because that's what Giannis does for teammates. He gets them open three-point shots. And so if he's able to knock him down, and he is, he's going to be incredibly useful to this team. And he's going to be way more useful than some of the people that they signed in the offseason, like Shemi Ojole, who I know wasn't available tonight uh, and has had just a really rough start to his tenure as a buck it might only last this season if he even finishes the season but hasn't gone his way at all uh similar for rodney hood who's been available more than shenny but not as impactful um and so and so west has really found a spot at the bottom end of the backcourt rotation and he just he offers a lot of what the team needs uh and the fact that he's happy doing it and everybody's happy with having him around not even if he wasn't a wisconsin native which he is Everything comes together for Wes Matthews just being a really good position going forward with this team.
0: Well, you mentioned him defensively and just the size that he has. And I remember the first time around with Milwaukee, I was um, almost shocked to be reminded on a nightly basis how strong this guy is defensively. Like, he's such a solid man. And honestly, the only way that I can think about, you know, how he could have possibly built that size, obviously he works hard. He's in the gym. He's in the weight room. He's getting up shots, he's working out, but I assume he's also eating Built Bars. And it is the new year, or soon to be the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. And if yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, like I'm sure Wes Matthews is, then make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Uh, I would say better than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good you'll want to eat it unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky, waxy, or taste like a chemical spill. That sounds disgusting. You want to eat healthy, but it gets so boring. By week three, you might be thinking this is just not worth it. That's not going to happen with Built Bar. Uh, they're healthy for you as well, as we know. So uh, here's an idea for the new year. Go to all your secret treats, stashes at home, in the pantry, at the office, in the car, whatever. Throw them all out and replace them with Built Bars so when you're craving a snack or a treat, you can reach for something that's healthy and tastes incredible. All you have to do is go to built.com, use the promo code uh, LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Well, you mentioned Shemi Ojole, and we should, you know, Bucks fans were a bit worried about this with their magic and their COVID outbreak at the moment, but... Shemi Ojale has gone into the protocols, so I don't think there's too much to add to that, but all I will say is we will just wait and see uh, what happens here. Uh, the Bucs uh, back home, New Year's Day, they've got a home game, if I've got that right, Saturday night. Uh, they're hosting the Pelicans, another team that's been struggling, so another opportunity uh, to pick up a win there, which would be nice. Uh, as we move on from this game, though, we should point out, and We do this often. You mentioned at the top that we overlook Giannis sometimes, but we also overlook Chris and Drew as well. They had 80 points between them tonight. 25 for Drew with seven assists, three steals as well. Middleton had 22 points. They had their different moments where they took over the game. One thing that I'll never get over with Drew Holiday, and I tweeted about it during the game, Whereas if he has the ball and he's driving to the basket or he's in the transition play, the defender almost always latches onto his right hand as a right-hander. They obviously haven't read the scouting report. He gets him exactly where he wants them, gives him a little bump, lays it in with the left hand. People just can't figure it out. And I understand why he does everything right-handed. It's so confusing that he always wants to go to the left. But it's a thing of beauty when he does it. And he's been playing really good basketball of late. Very fun to watch. Leading into all-star period, I might add.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, again, we talked a lot about strength when we, you know, talking about Cousins and Matthews, uh, you know, is an incredibly strong person, just in, not just physically, but mentally as well. And as a guard, there, there's very few people that are able to withstand that. And so when he does get them in that position, and, you know, the instinct is to cover the dominant hand when he gets close to the basket. And so when he gets that little bump, which is never enough to warrant a call, but it's enough to create space. Like it's just it's too easy. It's just too easy for him. And it's a, a go to move that he has that he's mastered over the course of his career that is kind of a safety valve for the Bucks offense when they need it. If if Giannis isn't able to get your own drives going or if he gets a little jump shot happy. Um, kind of similar to to Chris's turnaround shot on the baseline, which he's really good at. Um, it's 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 one of those things that is is all reliable. That, you know, maybe if he does it every trip down then maybe the opponent will react differently and take it away. Uh, But by then the damage is already done and you can start moving it around and getting other people involved and kind of move away from it if and when you have to. But uh, Drew is, I don't know if he'll actually make the All-Star team, which I think he's been a one or two time All-Star. I think it was just the one year in Philly, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. He certainly deserves the recognition. I don't think he'll get it as an all-star player. He'll get it for all defense again, because he's one of the best defensive players in the league, but uh, whether or not he'll, he'll score enough honestly to get the attention from fans. Um, I think there's certain uh, factions in the media that does recognize his excellence. And I would challenge any competent coaching staff in the league to deny just how impactful he is on both ends and why he wouldn't deserve a spot over say uh, Zach Levine, or a, uh, I'm, trying, I'm trying to think of other guards in the East that are, at least in terms of all-star voting, would be on a similar level. Like I'll take Drew over Zach Levine 10 times out of 10. No question yeah,
0: about it. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of sentiment for the Bulls uh, this year. And then those two are obviously putting up lots of points, which may, uh, may count to something there. All right, I mentioned this is the last pod of the year, so... You know, as we're we're sitting here now, Mitchell, and you've been a big part of this through the year, 1.26 million downloads audio-wise. We started YouTube uh, in late October, around the start of the season. We're up over 100K views on YouTube as well. So all told, that's a hell of a lot of people that have tuned in, watched, listened, uh, had it as background noise while they're doing stuff around the house and maybe not really listening but it's a lot of people that have at least had locked on bucks on so we really appreciate it and i have to ask you mitchell and it might be a simple answer but people have different memories what was your mm-hmm. favorite bucks moments or memory of 2021 and again oh, don't yeah. be afraid
1: a- don't be afraid to go with the
0: easy answer here
1: <laughs> no the, the easy answer for me it's not the championship okay it actually isn't the championship. I know that uh, one of my favorite locked-on moments, that's why I thought you were going with the question, was Frank uh, doing the the, yeah. the pod when he was walking around downtown Milwaukee the night of uh, Game 6 when the Bucks won the title. Uh, and that was a ton of fun. That Phoenix series was a ton of fun. But the moment that I'll never forget in terms of you know where I was and how I was feeling watching it was the very end of overtime of Game 7 of Bucks nets in the second round when Kevin Durant missed – that jump shot at the very, very end of the last Brooklyn possession with Drew Holiday guarding him, and when that fell short, th- th- that was when I said to myself, "Oh my God, they're actually going to win." <laughs> and I think that was the moment where the team kind of had that, that a similar level of realization because that that series was a battle, an absolute slugfest. It was hugely entertaining absolutely just a massive achievement for the sport in terms of being able to just show that as a product. But when he missed that shot and the bucks were able to maintain possession with the lead and take that series in order to move on to the Eastern conference finals, it just, it felt like there was a, a slight shift around the team in terms of what they were capable of and how they would respond to adversity adversity because that entire series was nothing but adversity. And in years past, but like you think about the the Miami series in the bubble. I they, didn't get that. No, I wasn't, I talking. I wasn't <laughs> talking to you, sir. I wasn't talking to you at all. Um, you think about my what happened in Miami in the bubble. Adversity struck and the Bucks fell short. The previous series, uh, up 2-0 against Toronto, and then they ran into adversity in that series and the Bucks fell short. And any time previously, whenever the Bucks were at a crossroads where they could break through and take the next step as a franchise – or fall short again, they would always fall short. They've been falling short for 50 years. And it was that moment that really kind of like shines through after, you know, everything that we've seen in 2021 from this team. As like that that shift, like, like I think Frank said something similar um on the pod, you know, not too long ago. Like that's the moment that just really stands out because something changed when that shot missed.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. If I had to pick a moment, I would have said Game Seven as well, just because uh, it's it. Honestly, to me, it felt like the most unrealistic outcome to imagine. Because you know, once you get to Game Six of the title, we saw what Giannis was doing. Uh, it's not that I I obviously have watched Bucks for long enough to not assume that they were going to win that game, but it felt like everything was in their favor, and it felt like everything was going downhill for the Bucks. Giannis was looking absolutely unstoppable, but. Winning the game seven on the road just didn't seem like something that was actually going to happen. And then don't forget, you know, you had that moment at the end of regulation where Brook Lopez, I guess, just forgets the time or whatever happens. So once it goes to overtime, you think, okay, well, that's it. There's no way they're winning this game. That was the one shot they had. So for them to do it was just such a feeling of of relief. And it was almost like, we really have to go back and play now. And PJ Tucker said something Similar when he did the podcast with JJ Redick, he said we were kind of in the locker room thinking we still had two series to go here, and just the roller coaster from that win and the excitement we had when we did that pod, and then a few games later thinking we're not going to see Giannis play for twelve months, and then a few days later thinking Giannis is back, but now you're down two zero again, and then you go and win the title. So the roller coaster of the playoffs, obviously, is something that I'll, I'll never forget. And talking through it with everyone that was on the pod through that time as well was super fun. So. Anyway, it's not to say we're not going to talk about that championship again because obviously we're going to continue to do that. Uh, but it was a pretty crazy year and certainly not something that I ever thought was going to happen, to be honest, watching this team uh, for a long time. So it was awesome. We appreciate everyone that's that's come along for the ride with us. Uh, Mitchell, I appreciate you uh, taking the call here uh, late notice and making your YouTube, uh, f- your first YouTube appearance here. And I should say before we wrap it up, make sure you do check out the Locked On Bets podcast as well with your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. They've got you covered if you're into that type of thing. But Mitchell, you're a star. I appreciate you. Oh,
1: stop. You're too <laughs> kind. Too kind, Kane. Okay, fix the background Ah, <laughs> uh, You know what? That's fine. That's fair. I'll take that feedback. Um, no, I appreciate you very much for the invitation. And uh, I hope you have a safe New Year's celebration. I hope everybody listening has a safe New Year's celebration, especially in the times that we're living in, which continue to baffle and confound but here we are uh just make sure you make it back to wherever you're staying after you uh dispense with the revelry
0: yep I, i'll be at home there won't be much going on for me so oh, i'll uh, be at home too i'm not <laughs> going anywhere sorry there's not going not to be anything too crazy. So I'll be safe. I'll be here in a couple of days' time when the Bucs play the Pelicans. Uh, join us for the post-game show as Milwaukee look to make it, I think, six in a row. I think I've got that right. They're rolling at the moment. They're 24 and 13, 11 games over 500. Hard to believe, uh, but they're looking pretty good. So uh, as Mitchell said, stay safe. We'll catch you guys after.